leading multi-platform storytelling. Welcome to another Story Labs podcast. For more info, go to storylabs.us. Hello. So uh, a bit of a preamble before I begin. Uh, the first one is I've been here 10, 11 days and felt absolutely perfect. Today, for some reason, I'm feeling woozy. So we have the suspenseful element of, you know, will he fall off the stage or something else happen, which is good. Uh, second part of the preamble, normally I try to do something that sort of reaches people, touches people, dives a little deep. I'm not doing that today. All right. I do like doing it, but I'm not doing that today. What I'm doing today, I guess, for lack of a better word, is granular. Okay, and it's really about process. It's my process, uh, and that's what I'm doing. Um, so what, what I'm going to do first, uh, we're going to we're going to play a bit with some samples of puzzles and games in their raw form, just as they are, and then we're going to move in to see what happens when you try to theme them to stories and environments, because some of the big projects you'll see later in the day, they feed off puzzles and games. And I have a whole philosophy about them, which I will get to anon. Oh, by the way, watch my time. So I, I may cut things as we go on the fly. Um, we'll do some uh, case glimpses. I'll look at some projects I've done. So you get some examples of things I've done. I'll do them very, very quickly. And hopefully I'll get through everything. Okay. So first, though, a little bit about who I am. Um, the novel on the right just came out three weeks ago. The novel on the left came out a year ago. I write novels. Uh, this is a trilogy uh, published by Macmillan globally, and um, I love writing novels. I believe in, I believe in old-fashioned storytelling. And anyone who has a Nook or a Kindle loves books, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not going away. On the other hand, I work across the media spectrum. Uh, that's a kid's book series in the upper left. Uh, I did Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, which I'm talking about a little bit today, um, for all the platforms. And I was deeply involved maybe too deeply. Um, I created a prequel to Peter Jackson's King Kong. What that meant, I created an original novel that led right up to the film and worked with Philippa Boyens on it and asked questions, which I'm sure occurred to you, why is there a big gorilla and dinosaurs on the island? Does anyone know? Please. <laughs> well, actually, and so I asked Philippa Boyan, I said, Weta had like hundreds of people building Skull Island. I said, does anybody here know why there's a big gorilla and dinosaurs on the island? No. I said, I have an idea. So the, uh, sometimes storytellers can bring funny things out of it. And The Right is a uh, film that was made of a book I did by Lionsgate. Book good, movie, not so much. But actually, it's watchable. So if you like horror of a certain kind, it's okay. And it was a beautiful process to see anyway. So uh, puzzles are a foundation of story. Not the foundation. Puzzles are a foundation of story. So what do I mean about that? I'm going to spend a little bit of time, more time than I did at the residential talking about that. My wife was sitting back there, was in our room, and saw a giant spider. By American standards, it was mammoth. It was fantastically big. Now, normally, the solution, because all puzzles and problems have solutions, the solution is to call me. I am tall. I reach up. I grab the spider, squish it, problem solved. Maybe not to your liking if you like to take, oh, spiders, they should be protected. They should, they, they, you know, honestly, they eat bugs. I keep telling my wife they're actually beneficial, they're not bad. But I wasn't there. I was working very hard in the lab. So now my wife has a problem to be solved, a puzzle to be solved. So what do I do about the spider? So she gets the young woman who works behind the desk, 
on 10-inch platform heels, to come, <laughs> which the heels were taller than she was, to come to the room to look at the spider, and she begins screaming as well. So now we have two screaming people looking at spiders. Um, problem not solved yet. They get the man to come, someone who works for the hotel to come to solve the problem. Uh, he comes, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he dusts the spider off, it falls, he gets the spider gently, doesn't, doesn't squish it, my preferred method of removal. He doesn't squish it, brings it outside, the spider goes, and informs my wife that the spider was a tarantula. Okay? And so my wife now has a story. I had an encounter with a tarantula, except... I'm sure you know what I'm going to say next. There are no tarantulas in Australia. <laughs> so that's a puzzle, problem, foundation. Now, if you read, um, if you read Da Vinci Code or Indiana, watch the Indiana Jones movies, Indy getting through the tunnel with the spears going, it's a puzzle. Now, the reason it doesn't seem like a puzzle is because he can get killed. It doesn't seem like a puzzle because he can get the glowing orb at the other end and rescue, the, rescue that orb. Um, Tom Hanks, or peeling, you know, scraping away dust from a mosaic. It doesn't seem like a puzzle, because it's important that he finds out what's the Da Vinci Code. What does it mean? Code, even. Definitely is a puzzle. So puzzles are foundation of story. One last item. I'm going on way too long for this, but that's the way things go. Um, Vera Miles and John Gavin want to find out what happened to Janet Lee. Right? What happened to her? So they go there, and they have a problem. Not exactly a spider problem, but a puzzle to be solved. What do we do with Norman so we can go in the house and find out what happened to my sister? The solution to the problem. I'll distract Norman with the conversation. You go in the house and look and see what you can find. So John Gavin's chatting, and then we see Vera Miles go in the house, and everything looks okay, except the solution doesn't work, as they often don't. John Gavin gets knocked out, unlikely enough, by uh, Norman Bates. Norman runs in up the stairs. Vera Miles dives under the stairs, and now she has a new problem. The solution they had in place didn't work. What is she going to do now? She knows Norman's going to be looking around, looking for her, and there's a fascinating moment. And you know what it's about? I swear to God, you know what it's about? It's about point of view. We're there with her. We are in her skin. We're feeling what she's feeling, even though we're not her. We're connected to her as she looks once down the stairs. She looks another time down the stairs. And we don't know what she's thinking. I was having this talk before with Claire from Event Cinema, sitting right there about point of view, that we don't know what she's thinking, but we're going... Is she thinking she can hide in the basement? Is she thinking that maybe her sister or God knows what, her remains are down in the basement? So after the second glance, she goes down the basement and has her lovely encounter with Mrs. Bates. Puzzles are a foundation of story. <clears throat> so uh, I did a book on puzzles. It's not just a collection of puzzles. It's the story behind puzzles. Uh, I use it as a resource. I wrote it so long ago, I completely forget what's in there. So any project I do that's puzzle-based, I go to it. And in there, we talk about how in Egypt, you can find stones where they carve puzzles into the stones. They had uh, nim boards. Nim's a game you play. Nine men's more is carved right in the stones of the pyramid. Um, 
Mythologically, we have the Minotaur race, uh, the Minotaur lair, and uh, the story of Theseus going in to Theseus going in to slay the Minotaur, aided by Ariadne with the string, with the sword, kills him. Beautiful statue, and actually, there's a historical basis for the labyrinth, which I found interesting. So I said we're going to play with puzzles in their raw form. I'm going to hopefully move you through the process a little bit. We have these three characters. There's a raging river here. I have a boat. I need to get all three across. I can only take one at a time. And of course, already you're seeing the problem, aren't you? Right? If I leave the goat with the cabbage, I don't have a cabbage. If I leave the wolf with the goat, I don't have a goat. I said in raw form that that's essentially it's a logic puzzle, except you look at that, there's a little bit of story. First of all, the, the story could be, why do I need to have all three of them? There must be a reason, right? Why do wolves like to eat goats? Well, we can understand that. And you could say, take this, what if it wasn't wolf, goat, cabbage? What if it's three aliens or three monsters or three convicts? What if it's a, what if it's a heist movie or a convict movie and you know they so have this relationship with each other? and you get in the same boat. So you can take a puzzle like that, theme it to story. And that's the great thing. In any story where you have a puzzle, any game you have a puzzle, you want to make it so there's many different ways. Now last time when I, I did this at the residential, I said, well, this could be a lock to get into the alien porthole. And I think Gary said, well, it's easy to do this as a lock to an alien porthole, but what about a different kind of story? What about a different kind of story? And I said to him, late at night, I see my wife writing in her diary writing in a journal. Then she goes to this metal case. She puts it in the metal case, shuts it, and moves this around so it's locked. And the only way I can get in, this is fairly easy, but imagine it more difficult. The only way I can get in is figure out the missing shape and enter it. Now I'm motivated. What is she writing in her journal? Does she have a secret life? Does she, 50 shades of gray plus one? I don't know. Does she have, she have multiple lovers I don't know about? Is she a serial killer? You know, and I open it up, I figure it out. I really work at it. I really want to find out. I'm not going to respect her privacy. I'm going to open up that case, open up and find out that she has a whole other family I don't know about. So I hope that doesn't have to be alien portals and pods and entries to gangways. It could be other things too. So sometimes it's about seeing. For example, what are the possibilities that you can do in a situation, both in a story and a puzzle. So looking at this puzzle, um, very simple question. How many squares are there? Uh, raise your hands this time, I'll call on you, okay? How many squares? Sir? 17 squares. There are exactly 17 squares, but that's not the answer. How many squares are there? 24 squares. Thank you. There are 24 squares, but that's not the answer. Lots of squares. That's... <laughs> Too many squares, and if you're like me, this gives me, especially the way I'm feeling this morning, a little vertigo, so we want to get this off fast. So, anyone else have another number of squares? Hmm? There are 22, but that's not the answer. Well, it's 24, too, so that's not the answer. There are 26 squares, that's not the answer. Going once. If we don't get the answer, water is going to be piped into here and flood this room. It's going to be like the scene in Star Wars, you know, when that compactor and things are coming. Unless we, we can figure this out. Sick. <laughs> well, you know, consider I drew this. They really probably are not perfect squares. 
My physicist friend would say, that's not a square. It's off by da, 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 da. He's a perfectionist. So um, second, anyone have another number to throw out there? I heard the right answer. 30. There are 30 squares. And at, just, just to show you quickly, we have our 16. We have the big one. We have 17. We got 4 by 4 by 4, and 4 by 4 by 4, and 4 by 4 by 4. We have 9 by 9, 9 by 9, and it adds up to a total 30. Sometimes a good challenge, even in a story, using a puzzle, is what we don't see, what we don't notice. I love suspense except when I'm involved. So having taken that suggestion and then midway I say, oh, he's not going to be able to get out. It's not going to work. So well done. I mean, round of applause for doing that. I'm going to move along because uh, I spent some time. I'm going to skip that. So some glimpses. I want, what I'm going to show you now is very quick. Everything's going to be very quick now, hopefully. Uh, what do you do when you take some of these puzzles and you theme them to a story world or environment? This is for a project of 13-week quest delivered over mobile, whoops, delivered over mobile phone um, each in three parts each week leading to a location where an artifact is located. And the 13th artifact, of course, is the artifact of great power. Okay, so this is a sample of it. So here we have the catacombs under Notre Dame sliding grate. You've, you've come in, but you want to go through that side there. But to do that, you've got to slide all the grates to make an opening big enough to take those steps and go up. And there's how that would work. You get this ancient bit of parchment with a clue to a location. This is a rebus puzzle, by the way. Now, I think when I did this in the residential, nobody got it because it's a hard rebus. This is like mid-quest rebus. Rebus is where there's clues in there to a location. So I'll point out some things and see if anybody can get what it might be. So we have the wages of blank crossed out. We see the devil. We see a boat, a boatman with his oar going over the falls. And bottom, a clue phrase, what could this be or not be? No? You want to know? Okay. So, as I, as I said, it's a hard rebus. So we have uh, hell, as someone pointed out. I heard someone say before, the wages of sin. So we have hell, sin, okay? We look at the boat, there's an oar, right? There's a boat, there's a boatman, but it's also an oar. Hell, sin, oar. And then the clue phrase, which should conjure up a famous play to you. What? El, thank you. What is it? El Sinor. What place could this be or not to be? That's the question. Tough one, but it was meant to be tough. And sometimes a, a totally non-interactive puzzle, which was designed to be totally non-interactive, can be really challenging. Uh, I'm going to skip that one. Thank you. Very, it points to Winston Churchill's bunker. But, uh, so this is a sample trail leading to one location very, very fast. So there is a boat schedule. And written on the side says, our destination never reached. And it's missing data on journey. But you can find out the cross, crossed out things by looking at the total time, the distance, the average speed of this vessel. Enter the data, and it'll point you to a clue to what famous ship this was. Does anyone have an idea what ship uh, traveled four days, approximately that distance, and never reached its destination? Titanic. Where is Titanic going? New York. Well, good. Now we know, we know the artifacts in New York City. That's great. So, but where in New York? You get this object. Whatever you do to clue phrases, <laughs> decode the clue phrase, it says, 
this turtle has a bay. And it points to a place called Turtle's Bay. Does anybody know what Turtle's Bay is in New York? Most people wouldn't. By the United Nations, it's over on, if you're on Lexington Avenue, on the east side. So now you have New York City, you have Turtle's Bay, and finally your last clue to where the artifact is going to be, which in this case is a kid's jigsaw puzzle. You put the jigsaw puzzle back and you'll get exactly where to find the artifact. And hopefully you've been there, seen it. And of course you know what that is, right? It's the most wonderful Chrysler building in New York City. And those aren't, those are eagles. I used to think they were griffins, but then I did research and found they're actually eagles. And the artifact is located there. I just want to show you a trail. Okay, on to something when you when you take this and apply it to creating IP. So where do, where do you where does an idea come from? For me, it's about inspiring people. I think I said before that. I like trying to touch and move people. So when I went to Texas to the people who made Doom 3, I wanted to get them excited about something. And I showed them this. Bad day on planet Earth. The slate wiper comes. So that was the thing I brought to them to inspire them about a science fiction universe for their game. Except if you're going to be, as a storyteller, play the game of what if, you also have to play the game of what not if. It's not ever as straightforward as what if this happens, but what if this happens and something else happens, and something else happens, and Norman runs back in the house. In this particular case, the asteroid's coming to destroy Earth, Earth is preparing, and because of the moon, it doesn't become the slate wiper. So how does that change things? People live, people survive, the world's different, there's scarcity, perhaps there's radioactive mutants rolling around because whenever you have an asteroid come and people survive, there's radioactive mutants that roll around. You, you all know that. That's what happens. So meeting with them, I had to think about what the possibilities were. And these are like both limitations and opportunities. Real physics, driving, FPS means first person shooter because you want to stop the mutants. I mean, you watch Walking Dead, you don't want those people coming to your house. You know, paying call on you. It had unique train and mapping. Rather than just sort of generic wall, generic road, it was individual. And it's designed for multi-platform. Artists built the world. We built the gameplay and story together. Put puzzles in there. I mean, no one would see them as puzzles. Really challenges. Things you have to do to live and get by. Um, so, so it became a triple, what's called a triple-A game. Lots of million dollars, lots of advertising. It was on taxi cabs. Uh, sometimes I talk about why, why such stuff appeals to me and it has to do with my youth and growing up and another, another conversation. But it's designed to be multi-platform. So in addition to the AAA game, there's the prequel comic book, setting up the universe. There's the casual game for the iPad, for phones. And there's a novel. And the novel was great because just as I was talking to Claire before, all of a sudden I can get into the guy's head. You get in this world, what's going on? The game can't really show it to you. You can experience it as the player but the novel you could. Each one brings a different aspect to that world. And to me, that's multi-platform. It's not just doing it to do it. It's do it because it brings something each time. What about with existing IP, Black Pearl, Jack Sparrow? Met with them about doing the game that's going to encompass all three films. Number two hadn't come out yet. Number three, the script was all over the map. So it was building this universe, finding about the mythology, learning about what's true to Jack. He ends up going to hell, by the way. It seems to be a theme today, but he goes down to hell with his ship and crabs are taking it. So met with them and talked about the scripts, locations. The key thing was being true to Jack. 
Now, Jack is not a fighter. I mean, he does fight, but he's more like, a, he'd like to let someone else fight, and he's going to have a pint to run off, you know, swing and grab someone to have fun with. So being true to Jack in dialogue and gameplay was the challenge. So it's a new story, and not so new, and it leads to a game. I'm going to skip the video because I think everyone's seen the movie and move on to Double Happy in my last 90 seconds. Double Happy was at the project last year. I've been working with them since then. They had a massive Bible, and it was a case of forest in the trees. And I would, I would argue this is important. Because you're going to hear a lot of people say, got to build a Bible. Build a Bible if what you put into it is absolutely key to your world. It tells me what makes characters tick and why they do. So we worked in their Bible, and um, they wanted to make, ultimately they wanted to make a interactive, animated experience that also was game. They, they were seamless, and that's what we've been working on. But what is it we're working to do? Uh, is to create an experience that is both animated feature and game. So what we had to do was make a lot of script decisions, talk about gameplay, make the gameplay interactive with the story, uh, create a, a good story arc and so forth. And so what would happen is I would create a moment in both story and game. Their artists would do a rough sketch. This is a rule maze, by the way. You go in door I, you come out door O. You go in door O, you come in door Q, and you have to get out of there. So it's a really, really tough sort of maze to play. They then start working on finished art that'll work both in terms of advancing the animated feature. At the same time, you're going to get this wonderful old-time game experience, but with a new edge to it. Um, and key to them was, you know, engaging the users. So they, they're artists. They want the artist community involved. So they send out the call. They have an ongoing blog, but also had a competition to get your creatures into it. And recently, they, they won an award, the Peter Rasmussen Innovation Award, by way of, um, I think, Spa? Uh, Spa? Yeah. City Film Festival. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that just shows you a little bit of my process. And as Gary knows, I could probably spend two days just talking about all these things individually, but hopefully a little indication to the type of thinking that goes on. And thank you so much. So how do you get from the film idea maybe to the game? So, so here's a good example. My partner, Neil Richards, right here, writing partner from UK, we're creating a novel, a big fantasy novel. And the big fantasy novel is actually designed to be the core project. Is it okay to talk about this? Yeah. Core project working with Loud and Clear that'll, be, that'll actually be across the media spectrum. So we met yesterday in, our, in the apartment and talked about it. And, and the focus was, what's in the novel that prompts us to do things, to explore things, to understand things? And, and, and Ben, who was Joel and Ben from Loud and Clear, were there. Um, ben then says, I read the 100 pages. Here's, and he went on for about 10 minutes about all the ideas and concepts completely new that hadn't been there based on it. So really, there's an openness. I, I, I often talk about playfulness, that, the, that you get inspired by what you're looking at, that it moves you, and you say, what's true to that experience? Uh, whether it's Walking Dead, Pirates of the Caribbean, the pink and blue rabbits who have their own weird universe, uh, that's true to that universe, true to that world that I want to do, that I, I, I would like to get involved with. Um, I'm not sure without going on for another hour or two, I could do more, but that gives you a little hint into the mindset, perhaps. Puzzles are, in my opinion, to some extent, the foundation of story. The, uh, when I'm writing a book, they're filled with puzzles for characters. Filled, filled with questions. 
Um, the, the book Home we were talking about last night, which uh, I had a scene where they've gone back to a place where it's really dangerous and these creatures are coming. And they've got the guns out. They got the fuel. They got the food. And it's the wife. The husband's dead. He's a cop. He's dead. Just the wife and the two kids. And should she go back for the photo albums? It's going to eat up a few extra minutes. Should she go back and get the photo albums? And so I had to go to someone who is female, who I know very well. So I asked my wife, I said, would you go back for the photo albums? For those stacks of birthdays and growing up. And she said, yes. I said, Phew, good. Because that's what I'm going to have her do. It doesn't turn out well. said. <laughs> um, but you look at something like Indiana Jones, he's in the tunnel, and the spears are ready to go like that. How do I get through here? That's a puzzle. Now, at the time, you're not thinking, like, he's in the tunnel, and he's trying to get the ark, or get, trying to get the globe, or whatever he's trying to get. Something's important. It's at stake. But it's really a puzzle. You think of Da Vinci Code. Tom Hanks down there, scraping away the mosaic, looking at the pattern. What does this mean? i got to figure this out, because this is going to tell me that, you know, Jesus was the first hippie or something, you know, whatever, whatever it was. It's some myst mystical clue. It's a puzzle. And certainly most genre fiction, which is what I do in genre stories, puzzles a core to it. Okay, so that's a little more puzzle lecture than I've ever done before. So quickly, games. So what's a game then? What is a game? Well, the word game comes from when they used to see animals bounding around just having fun. They were called game. We still call them game. Go game hunting, game preserve. It's a game. It's playful. The difference between a puzzle and game simply for me is this. In a puzzle, zombie comes through the door. I figure out how to get the gun out of here, take the gun, shoot the zombie, puzzle solved. Got the gun, zombie dead. In a game, that zombie comes, and two more zombies, and I got to get a bigger gun, and then I got to make my way through the hole. It's sort of repetitive challenges and puzzles that go on. And that's really the difference. Think of Frogger, think of Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong's a puzzle. How to get over this one barrel? That'd be a puzzle. How to go over this one barrel, the next barrel, climb up the ladder, avoid these other barrels, game. In it's very simple form. Okay. Thank you. Leading multi-platform storytelling. Welcome to another Story Labs podcast. For more info, go to storylabs.us.